We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast here for another Saturday Q&A. Looks like we uh, lost Alex there for a second. Um, no, I'm still here. It just said my browser has lost connection to my camera. Oh, oh there uh, we go. got it back, apparently. Well, here we there go. There we go. Well, Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. <laughs> Starting off the show. Huh? Tyler, what's up, man? How are you? Doing very well. Uh, at the top of the show, I just wanted to thank some of our members at the Hall of Fame level. I know Matt just joined. Rick is all pro level. Uh, but we have Bart, TJ, Gabriel, Rex, Andrew, Everett, Jacob, Michael, Larry. A lot of you guys at this level and many other levels. Thank you so much for joining up. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a, a new feature, obviously, that we introduced earlier this week. Uh, and the responses have been, you know, pretty amazing to see. And so Tyler did uh, a members only video earlier this week comparing the Chargers and the Ravens. And, and kind of their recent draft history in terms of, you know, reaching and getting value and things like that, uh, which was a fantastic video, which ultimately spawned his video from yesterday, which was comparing the whole AFC West. So um, shout out to Tyler for that one. I'll be dropping a, a deep dive into the Chargers pass rush for our YouTube members and Patreon supporters. So please keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, that's been uh, that's been our week so far. Um, all right, so we're here for a Q&A. Got a couple questions in already. Um, but as always, if you feel so inclined, the Super Chat feature is enabled, and we'll make sure that we get to your question today. All right, first question that uh, I wanted to touch on was from Thomas. He wants to know our opinions about if the plethora of talent brought into the DB room will raise the quality of play for others, most notably Michael Davis, Nasir Adderley, et cetera. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about this question? Uh, we sort of addressed this before. I think someone asked about, was it Asante Samuel Jr.? Yeah, I think so. I think everyone gets to do things that best suit them. Whatever that is to Brandon Staley, I think they'll be able to move around, do whatever. Michael Davis will be a much better corner just because he's CB2, CB3, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. We've kind of talked about this before. I think everyone helps everybody else. Yeah, I think everyone helps everyone else. And I think it's less that Michael Davis is going to take some leap or Nasir Adderley is going to take some leap this season and more that they'll have a little bit more balance in terms of doing a little bit less than maybe they were in the Staley defense before, right? Um, now that you have JC Jackson here, who's effectively CB1 instead of Michael Davis, 
Um, Michael Davis can kind of, you know, we'll still have to move around the field, obviously, but we'll have a little bit less responsibility. Um, and then I, I think the same is kind of true in Sierra Adderley with the Woods pick. So I think just from that standpoint, it takes a little bit of the weight off their shoulders and more evenly distributes it through the team. Yeah, I think, you know, adding more talented players, you know, becoming more familiar with the scheme, it all, it all helps make the jobs of these secondary players easier. And, you know, last year, Michael Davis heads into the season as CB1, or, you know, there are times where Asante Samuel Jr. is is shadowing, you know, opposing number one receivers like he did with C.D. Lamb and like he did um, with, uh, I forget the Steelers' name, he was, he was mostly shadowing Chase Claypool, for example, um, so now JC Jackson can, can take care of those players and, you know, you're getting Asante, Michael Davis, Price Callahan on twos, threes, and fours, as opposed to, you know, ones, twos, and threes. So, um, you know, it, it takes a, a huge amount of pressure off of those players. And, you know, I think we'll see about the JT Woods. I mean, it'll certainly free up, free them up to use Nasir Adderley in a more versatile way. And like they wanted to, you know, down the stretch and, uh, get some more designer looks against the run and against the pass, which I, I'm really excited about. Um, and I think the same thing applies, obviously, to like the pass rush too, with Khalil Mack and being able to, you know, take double teams away from Joey Bosa and you know, kind of mentor Chris Rumpf and, and all that good stuff. So, I think adding a player like that, we saw a similar effect last year with Corey Lindsley, you know, along the offensive line where he's able to just kind of, you know, raise the raise the floor of that specific unit. And I think we'll see that with J.C. Jackson as well as Khalil Mack. So uh, first super chat of the day from Sean O'Brien. Shout out to Sean. Always in here on the Q&As doing super chats. Appreciate it. Where do you need to see the biggest improvements in the offense next season? Passing to the second level, between the numbers, running outside the tackles. Alex, what do you think here? I mean, I think you want to see more deep shots. Like that's what, what you kind of want to see if if the offensive line is set up correctly and they have the ability to do that. Um, I would say running outside the tackles, but specifically – running outside tackles uh, in a way that's like not just Eckler doing it um, and some of the other running backs sure. like behind, behind him. I mean, so really, I guess more deep shots, but I don't think that's like totally necessary. You're going to be fine with Justin Herbert anyway, but definitely better run game behind Eckler in general. And just, you know, with the spiller pick, hopefully running backs that I think can do more behind Eckler. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, in terms of deep shots, maybe not even necessarily a deep shot, but one of the things that I wanted and what we got out of Ger- Gerald Everett, what we're going to get out of Gerald Everett, is just that past 10 yards, maybe not 40 yards downfield, but that mm-hmm. middle of the field, you know, catch area that Jared Cook or anybody, even if you target like Austin Eckler, that's going off his hands or off Jared Cook's hands or whatever, over and over again. Jared Cook, you know, three for 12, middle of the field. I think the last like three years, it was like, 40 percent for him jared everett's like 70 percent. that's where i'd like to see them improve and then just going back to i never finished this i wish i did but now i'm far too lazy but we started to do like a guilty as charged focus chargers focused kind of pro football focus thing yeah and the four games before the buy so kansas city raiders cleveland baltimore the four games before the buy on first down they only ran it outside one two three four five eight times and then the three games after the bye, New England, Philly, Minnesota, they ran it 19 times. So they really, after the bye, tried to start running it outside more. And now with hopefully a better line and a better running back core, I think they can try to lean into that a little bit more and be really efficient there. Yeah, you know, the the rushing and offense, it just in general needs to take a big step forward in, in year two with Joe Lombardi and all these guys. And, and I think they will. I mean, you add Isaiah Spiller, you add Zion Johnson. Um, you get another leap forward as crazy as sounds from uh Rashawn Slater. And I think the running game will improve and it and it has to. And I think, you know, last year one of my favorite things to watch was just like the continued involvement of how they would kind of get Austin Eckler out outside of the tackles, whether it was through you know duo and he would bounce it or through counter to the outside or through sweeps or everything like that. And so I think from an outside the tackles perspective, like they're good, like they're set. They know how they know the concepts that they like. So for me, like I think they need to improve in between the tackles. And I think that's a big reason, obviously, why they drafted Zion Johnson was because they knew that they could not run to the right side in between the tackles with Michael Schofield and, of Mm -hmm. course, Storm Norton. So I think the running attack just in general needs to become 
more well-balanced and needs to become more diverse and not just say, okay, our best plays are going to involve Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, and running to the left. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we need to be able to be more balanced across that front. And I think uh, that's something that both Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco mentioned. The deep shots, like, I think they'll come. I really do. Like, I, you know, I think, you know, my stance on, on Joe Lombardi has been pretty clear. The deep shots were being called. It's just they did not try. They didn't have the time. They didn't have the skill set. So I think there will be more deep shots next season. Yeah, I agree. Another one is just I want them to get back to be able to convert on fourth down. Maybe that's just the offensive line. But again, I, I didn't finish charting this. It went all the way from the Kansas City game, the first one, to the Cincinnati game. But they went convert, 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 convert to fail, fail, convert, fail, convert, fail, fail, convert, convert, fail, fail, convert. And then even in, you know, in the Raiders game, you saw them fail that conversion. And the Raiders scored, I believe, three points off of that one. So getting back to that would be great. I know it's not really, you know, they're not going to make, was this nine in a row like they did to start the year or whatever it is, but something more consistent because it's almost not even, if you just look at the second half of the season, at least from the Ravens game on, it almost wasn't even worth it. Uh, Somebody asked about a comparison to the Padres. I don't watch any baseball ever, so couldn't tell you uh where is that i don't watch the pod oh okay oh sorry does it smell like the padres when they load up on players then end up disappointing no this smells like the chargers when they load up on players then end up disappointing yeah they never loaded up on this many <laughs> players but this this sounds like a chargers thing if they if they fail to make the postseason it would still also not surprise me also thank you envy talent for joining up as a member now i appreciate that yeah and dropped uh, a super chat already uh, his question is, what was your favorite move so far in the off season? And why <laughs> is it the Mac trade? Ooh, that's not my favorite of the off season. Um, I think it might be JC Jackson just because you get a younger player, you get a cheaper player. Uh, you, I mean, it's again, market setting guy gets like a, what? Ninth, 10th ranked contract yeah, he's nine, he's in terms now. of APY. It's ridiculous. Uh, fantastic nice, value. Yeah, I, I love that one. You get a high-end player who can do everything that the defense wants, who can give the offense what it needs with more possessions. It's an inexpensive contract. I like Kilimak a lot, and Kilimak might have more impact on the team, but it did cost more, and there's more concern there, and there's an age thing and whatnot. The J.C. Jackson one, yeah, there's also potential that it doesn't work out. I know some people in the chat are already commenting about the J.C. Jackson away from New England thing, but I mean, even if it doesn't work out exactly like you hoped, it's still sixteen and a half million, and they got a really good deal for that. Like, even if he doesn't pay play as I think, like a top three corner, top five corner, you're not paying him top five money. So if he plays like a top nine corner, that's fine by me. Yeah, um, I guess you could say with the Mac trade, the Mac trade sort of set everything else into motion in a sense, yeah. right? I mean, it was the first move of the offseason. Um, if we're just talking about individually favorite one, I'd probably lean towards JC Jackson as well. But the Mac trade was kind of the first feeling, okay, oh, this offseason's different, right? We're not just going to get like, yeah. you know, of course, they got Corey Lindsley last year, um, you know, and did a couple things here and there. But um, this was like, okay, we're going to actually go star hunting in a sense, uh, after the Mac trade. So um, that, I think, is probably why it would be my favorite move of the offseason, but there's definitely aging contract-related concerns there that J.C. Jackson doesn't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Tom Telesco was on the Peter King show earlier this week, and, um, you know, he mentioned that um, the Khalil Mac trade kind of, you know, helped them in free agency to kind of show all these free agents saying, like, look, like, we're being aggressive. We have this, you know, great quarterback. We have this young team on the rise. And we know we have to take big swings. And so he thinks, like, he seemed to think that they don't necessarily land J.C. Jackson without trading for Khalil Mack as kind of the way to open free agency with, like, hey, like, we're open for business. You know, let's make some things happen. Yeah. Um, so I, I think from a veteran standpoint, like, obviously for me, it's Khalil Mack. Um, but it's it's going to be hard for anything over the next few years to beat the Zion Johnson situation with me, you know, kind of advocating him for so much because like i didn't think jc jackson really had a chance i didn't think rashawn slater really had a chance so you know to get zion johnson in that way while you guys both just did the same same hair thing at the same moment that was really it was really funny 
I'll accept um, food on three. One, two, three. Talk dumplings. Dumplings. Damn. The day after somebody accuses of, accuses us of being racist. Whoops! I stepped in it again. <laughs> dreidels. <laughs> oh my god! Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel! I made it on a crack. Oh my shit! <laughs> oh my gosh! That was hilarious. Amazing. Oh man. Well, I appreciate Emmy Talon for asking the question. Uh, Tyler's mom, of course, in here dropping a big super chat as always. Appreciate that. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Hall of Famer bust. Yes, Hall of Famer bust. Great job. Um, I'm still recovering from that. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's uh, always uh, Saturday shows, man. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, you guys direct the show for us. So I appreciate everybody chipping in here. Uh, from Nelson Holmes, I know as a Bolts fan of 35 years plus, I'm not even that old, Nelson, uh, that I am more than capable of deluding myself. But don't things feel different this year? So I was going to do there's a lot, I have a lot of ideas that I throw out because I hate it after a while, but I was going to do an instant impact thing for the Chargers. Like do their free agent signings make an actual instant impact and improve over the previous three years when year one with the Chargers? And I was going through to find all the notable free agents they had signed since 2017, so the Lynn era. And I'm going through, and maybe I just because I forgot, or I don't know what happened. In 2017, it was only Russell Okun. 2018, it was only Mike Pouncey. 2019, it was only Thomas Davis. Well, Brandon like, was, was one of those years. Great. But like... <laughs> I'm just saying. Like... Yeah, okay. Okay, Brandon Meebin was one of them. There's just... There's nothing like what we've seen. And I know yeah. the classic thing for any NFL fan that's not a Chargers fan is, oh, well, they, we do this to the Chargers every year. We hype them up. We hype them up. And they fall short of expectations. That's generally been because they've always had Philip Rivers. They always have Justin Herbert. So there's always some sort of expectation. But now that like they're they're making moves again, me being somewhere in there. But Thomas Davis, Mike Pouncey, Russell Okung. That's like one off season for the Chargers now. Now it's not going to be that moving forward. Sure. But they've put so much. It, it is so different. And I get it. Things might not work out for the Chargers. It's a very difficult AFC as is, but. Things are so different. Things are so, so different. Uh, let's see what the results are. Yeah, you know, I, I've said this before that it, it it really is different for me. Like, if, even if you just look at, you know, like a, a, a typical Chargers offseason, right, would be like Sebastian Joseph Day. You know, you get like a veteran right tackle on the cheap. Um, maybe you get Morgan Fox, like, and then you're good. And then that's it, right? So, like, I, I think they're just so far advanced to from what we've seen. And, you know, I said this on the show a few weeks ago, but even to me, getting somebody like Kyle Van Oy, who's like clearly in that ring chasing kind of, you know, timeline of his career, like even people like that were just not happening for the Chargers. And so, you know, for him to come in and say on the Pat McAfee show, like you can feel the sense of urgency to win a championship as soon as you walk in the door. Like that to me means a lot for this team and where they've kind of come from and what Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert and, and everybody, everybody else, of course, but specifically Staley and Herbert have done for this team really kind of show that it is different. And of course, it's totally possible that they might not win a Super Bowl this year, but I think realistically, like I think this is the best chance they've had probably since definitely since at least 2018 when we all thought that they had a, you know, kind of a, a an outside chance at least, but Really, this is the best team that I think I've seen since the LT days. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We lose Alex. I think we lost Alex. Oh, that's right. Okay. I was just type. Wait. wait. What did you do? <laughs> ah! I don't know. Why am oh, I? Oh, Alex is back. Alex oh, is sorry. back. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my power went out live on the show, so um, oh. just came back. All right. After great start. Hmm. Tyler, are you? What is oh. happening? Oh, I, I didn't even know. realize. Oh, something happened to Tyler too. Yeah. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> Interesting. That's my OnlyFans cam. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, well, we'll get to the next super chat here from Adrian Whiteside. Do you think the NFL will ever crack down on the voidable year BS? For example, no more than two at most. Yeah. So the freaking Eagles <laughs> signed James Bradbury <laughs> to a one year deal, and then there's four voidable years on top of it. Of course, you know, Taysom Hill has kind of become, you know, the, the poster child of this. It used to be just the Saints would do this kind of shit, and now everybody is doing it. So I hope something changes here because it's just like I, I understand it's a way to work the cap and all that stuff, but like James Bradbury is not going to be on the Eagles in five years, and they're still going to be paying him money. Like it just it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I hope so, but I don't think I don't think the NFL will ever do stuff like this. I guess I don't think it's a problem, right? Like in a sense, it's legal money laundering. Like you're just kind of able to push these, you know these contracts into the future right like all these teams are kind of making use of it right like obviously the very public examples like Taysom Hill but I wouldn't be shocked if you start to see you know quarterback contracts like start to do this as well Uh, of course you're just going to have you know your Josh Allen and Justin Herbert get those big contracts anyway but you know if you're going to push that cap hit into the future because you know you have that uh, basically you know contention window or what, what have you then I think it makes sense to kind of push like 14 or 15, 20 million, whatever it is on the contract into the future, pay that later. And then, you know, you know, basically load up as much as you can for now. So I do think it's BS like clearly, but there's already kind of systems in place. I think in other leagues as well, where you can basically, you know, keep pushing that cap hit, right. We've talked about restructuring contracts, which is kind of a a version of this as well, uh, which the Chargers sort of just did with Khalil Mack. So then they take the stress off of Khalil Mack's contract this year and pay that forward uh, in a year or two years from now. Right. So um, I guess I don't have a problem with it. I know Howie Roseman is, you know, infamous for doing it, but I think pretty much every GM is catching on that. If you have a team that's ready to contend, or if you have a team that's going to be playing for a playoff spot or what have you, then it kind of just makes sense to keep pushing that money down the road. Um, that's what the Saints and all these teams have been doing for a while. Tyler, you good? Listen, I, yeah, I mostly don't have a – I don't really care. I just – I hate <laughs> that I have to calculate, like, oh, this is the one-fifth of this and the four-fifths of that. Um, that's yeah. what we have Arjun for. Um, Kareem is asking about how to join as a member, so I was trying to find the link. And I will get that to you, Kareem, as soon as I can. Okay, cool. Uh, Asthma or Ozma775 wants to know when do we think that the charges will pay, pay Derwin James? Um, of course, there was an uh, an update from Jeremy Fowler this week that both sides kind of expect it to be done. Um, you know, there is some kind of thought process that they could be, they mean Derwin James side could be waiting for the Minka Fitzpatrick extension and then kind of trying to see where they'll stack up in terms of resetting the market. But I fully expect the Derwin James extension to be done this summer. I think it'll follow the same kind of timeline that they did with Joey Bosa. Mm -hmm. And I expect Derwin James to be the highest paid safety in the league. And he absolutely deserves it for anyone who thinks otherwise that he's not going to get an extension. uh, Please see the pictures of him participating in the groundbreaking of the new facility. Otherwise I think they would not be, uh, having him be there if there were not going to be an extension. So mm-hmm. Derwin is a face of the franchise player. He's the key to the defense. He will get an extension this summer. And it's really just a matter of when, not if. 
Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, it's kind of iffy between three days or so, but Joey Bosa was somewhere between July 28th, I think it was announced, and like August 1st. He walked in, was it the first day of camp or whatever it was, and when, when he was getting tested, and he literally signed it when he walked in. So uh, it'll take yep. a bit for sure, but again, no worries there. I mean, it, it's pri- he's priority number two for this team. Almost prior, like if he were a more important position than quarterback, which there isn't, he would be priority number one. They love him. Brandon yeah. Staley loves him. Like he's, they've built everything they possibly can around him. So he's, he'll get an extension. It's just, it's just when. Yeah, it's just a matter of when at this point. And I think if you're the Chargers, you want to try to do it as soon as possible, right? Um, to give Derwin James his contract before Minka gets his and or before any other safeties get paid as well. So I think that's what you probably would want to do. But they're also trying to make sure that this is a fair deal for both sides, right? Even though you're going to make Derwin James eventually at some point the highest paid safety uh, in the league. It's just a matter of kind of how and when you do it. Uh, so I, I don't think there's any concern. They'll They'll get a deal done there. I would predict this summer, you know, we had uh, Joey and Keenan get their contracts very like early on in training camp 2020 uh, and, you know, throughout the preseason, you know, prior to the season starting. So I think that's a fair timeline, although it's a bit of a different situation now because that was the first uh, COVID year. So maybe there's a bit more flexibility this year and, and they have the ability to get that done earlier as opposed to later. So, um, yeah, no, they'll get that done when they get it done. And I'm confident it'll be this summer. Yeah, absolutely. So we got another super chat from Tyler's dad, Shoon family, always showing out. Really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are awesome. So uh, James C had a question that I saw earlier, meant to get to it, and then he, he retyped it. So uh, he wants to know, do Bosa, Max, Sebastian, Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and Christian Covington uh, create enough early down pass rush? What do you guys think here? Yeah, I think the answer is yes. I'm actually more concerned about the early down run defense. Because if they decide to go with certain players and get rid of Braden Fajoko, there's a lot of pass rushers on this team. When you rotate out those starters, oh, I see what you mean. Sebastian Joseph Day to Austin Johnson. Uh, I think it's fine. My concern is still more of the early down run defense if you rotate out certain players. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they can create enough pressure as is. The real thing is Dubosa and Max stay healthy because you can create a situation where I think as long as you have those two there, it I mean, it does matter what you have in the middle and what you have on the interior, like we've seen with the Chargers in recent years. But to me, having those two dominant edge players just creates so much opportunity for mm-hmm. the uh, the rest of the interior defensive line as well. Plus, you've upgraded your interior defensive line with Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, you know, and then, of course, signing Morgan Fox, uh, having uh, yeah. Jerry Tillery in sort of a lesser role, right? Uh, but still, you know, getting him on the field a little bit less, but also opening up so he could potentially be more efficient, right? So um, to me, it all comes down to are Bosa and Mac healthy? And if the answer is yes, then yes. Mm-hmm. If one of them starts to have missed games, if you don't have both of them on the field at the same time, then that gets a lot if you're. Yeah, you know, I think in terms of the early down pass rush, you know, I'm going to do a deep dive on the on the pass rush in general. So I don't want to spoil too much of of my upcoming video. But uh, if you take Sebastian Joseph's day's 17 game pace from last season, and then you take every single defensive tackle from the Chargers last year, Sebastian Joseph Day would have been more productive in 17 games than every single defensive tackle in terms of pass rushing ability. That's how bad the Chargers defensive tackles were at rushing the passer last year. So wow. uh, you basically got zero production from Christian Covington. I mean, Linvot Joseph had one sack and 16 pressures, which was good for him, right? But, you know, the def- the defensive tackle pass rushing ability last year was atrocious. And so now you have Sebastian Joseph Day, who had a good track record. Austin Johnson is a, is a fine pass rusher. And uh, I'm not expecting a ton from Christian Covington. So, frankly, I'm not like, like I said on Thursday show, I want Braden Fajoko to make this roster, not Covington. Um, you know, Covington was not productive at all. And maybe that changes in a smaller role. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not worried about the pass rush at this point. Uh, I think if you cut Braden Fajoko in favor of Christian Covington, I'm less worried about the run defense than I was last year. But I'm still a little concerned about it. Awesome. Oh, I should just today 15 pressures. I thought it was like, I thought it was yeah. less to be honest. So in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Yeah. 
So 15 pressures in seven games. If you times that out to 17 game pace, uh, that's 37 total pressures. That's not bad considering he's a he's a run stuffer. Like that's his thing. Yeah. So great. And I think it would be like seven and a half sacks too. So that's Sebastian Joseph Day. Ew. Morgan Fox is currently listed as, as number seven. Oh, well, he can't be number 70 because that's Rashawn Slater's number. Yeah. Right. Uh, let me check again. I can check right now. Maybe that's a typo or something because I don't think Slater's given up his number to Morgan Fox. Or no, maybe he really wants not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Well, I know all the numbers in the 90s are taken right now, aren't they? Hmm. I yeah, I guess so. But he can't wear number seventy. I mean, that's that's just not happening. <laughs> Is Rashawn Slater listed at seventy? So <laughs> scrolling through. Yeah, they're both listed at seventy. So okay, so he's just probably waiting, waiting to make a yeah. real decision. Uh, what he wear? He wore ninety one in Carolina, right? 91 in Carolina and 97 in with the Rams. Yeah. So, I mean, well. So, 90 is Andy Brown. 91 is Forrest Merrill. Yeah. 92 is Gaziano. 93, Abonia. 94, Rumpf. 95, uh, Covington. 96, Fajoko. 97, Bosa, obviously. 98, Johnson. 99, Tillery. So, all the numbers in the 90s are taken for now. But I mean, Andrew Brown's not making the roster, neither is Forrest Merrill. So give him 70 in practice, I guess. And then once you cut Forrest Merrill, you're giving him back 91 from last year. Probably I'd rather Morgan Fox have 33 than Dean Leonard at this point. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's like somebody let him throw on 33. Like, All right, Dean Leonard, 33. Yeah. It's not uh, great. It's not great. To be, just be another DB wearing 33 right after Derwin James. Well, I mean, he could have gone 30. I mean, I 30, guess he could have gone all with the three's taken 28. Uh, Spiller's 28, I guess. He, they, he can wear any number he wants to, though, right? Have they yeah. opened it up? All 21. Uh, no, actually, 21 is retired. Never mind. 22 <laughs> 20. is available. <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at the numbers and I was like, wait, 21's not a. Yeah. Wait, what is. What is uh, what's his face's number? Who? Oh, un- oh, un- there it is. There's a section for unsigned draft pick. Got it. Who's but still? Oh, oh, do they not have Woods? And okay, yeah. I see now. Interesting. Zach Bailey has no number. We have two number ones. Oh, the quarterback and the kicker. Yeah. Isn't Dan? Oh. Wait, what number is Dantrick Carter wearing? Probably Wasn't he number one? 82. Oh, he switched to 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I imagine I imagine we'll see multiple changes after training camp when people are cut. Mm-hmm. Probably. Kyle Van Noy keeps eight. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he could have waited and, and he could change back to 53 if they want because Damon Lloyd is currently 53 and he's not making the roster. Yeah. But he seemed pretty excited about number eight. So he said, What, what was the five plus three equals eight thing? Like, was that a. Because he wore 53 before. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think <laughs> like, that's what he was saying. Like, literally, yeah. No. Okay. Got it. And we got a couple uh, of new members today. Oops. Sorry. Yeah, no, we got um oh another one. Marquise Joseph, thank you for joining. Uh Aaron Ramirez joined earlier. Envy Talent joined. I believe Kareem is trying to figure out how to join. My parents did also join a couple days ago. Uh, so we're just loading up, man. Maybe we'll make an OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, I've seen a couple questions about Daryl Williams. Um I think the Chargers are going to run this unit into training camp and then kind of figure it out later. So I'm not expecting any signings of an offensive lineman uh, that could potentially be a starter until they kind of see what they have in training camp. I'd, I'd agree for the most part at this point. 
from a first name I won't pronounce, Hyper, who do you think is the player who can be unexpectedly cut like Tyron Johnson last year? Hmm. Mm. Let me pull the roster back up, I guess. It it's tough to say a specific, but if they really do like Troy Reader enough, nah, Drew Trinkle wouldn't be a surprise cut. No, they can't. I mean, he would Trinkle, be a surprise man. cut, but like he would be a very surprised cut, but they can't cut him. Yeah, I don't think they would. Ross Ackerman, thank you for joining up as a member as well. Wow, I guess we should do more Saturday live streams. Thank <laughs> you for joining, everyone. We're going to be at $100 million um, pretty soon. So in terms of like surprise that I could end up seeing happening, I think maybe Bryce Callahan. We saw that yeah. you know, injury clause in there. And you know if they kind of look at the two rookies as both being necessary, mm-hmm. I could see a world where they kind of – take advantage of that injury waiver clause and, and just cut some cut, cut bait with Bryce Callahan, I guess. Mm, it, again, I doubt it. The roster is very right. Brendan Hymas. I doubt they would do that, but if Sailor wins out and collapse more versatile, you, like maybe yeah. Hymas ends up being a practice squad guy. I don't know. Pain. No. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I doubt it, but not anyone who like sticks out in my mind, but also kind of waiting till we get to training camp to see that. Cause I mean, the real reason that Tyron Johnson was so surprising was because of what he was doing, you know, in training camp and like yeah. all the footage of like him right. going up on those deep routes and like winning those, like to me, that's what made it more surprising than anything is that we thought based on you guys being there in training camp and, you know, us watching it, that he was having a great training camp and then it was cut. So um, I think that's more what Tyron Johnson is kind of in line with. Um, I don't know if there's a player off the top of my head that I can think of will will be like that this year. Certainly not really a lot of like skill position players that I can think of on the top of my head, especially because yeah, they didn't draft a receiver or make like a big addition there. Moose Sarwe mentioned Alohi Gilman. I, I wouldn't yeah. be very surprised. Yeah, if Alohi, that wouldn't be, be surprising to me. Like I think if you run with four safeties, you're keeping the guy that they drafted last year, Mark Webb. You're keeping Woods, yeah. and then obviously you're keeping the starters. So they could certainly choose to keep five, but I think Alohi is certainly on the bubble at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've also people mentioning Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree in the chat. Would that be surprising? I don't think so at this point. Yeah, no, it wouldn't no. Be both would be surprising. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that, that if, one. If RB3... If they get both for Kevin Marks, that'd be very surprising. I'd, I'd do that. I would as well. <laughs> um, Optimus Rhyme, if Norton and Pipkins don't work out, do you draft RT round one next year? Yes. Yeah. You I actually, I, I, this is like it's the only current true weakness. Yeah. So yeah, currently. Uh I mean, based on need, sure. But talk to me about the draft in seven months. I mean, we're sort of. Uh, I, I don't yeah. even know who the right tackle prospects are. Who knows where the Chargers will sure. be drafting either? Um, hopefully, with the thirty-second pick. Uh, but uh, I, yeah. we just don't know where they're going to be and what players are going to be available. Injuries that happen this year, just a lot of uncertainty. I mean, I think if you're, you know, kind of projecting future needs, like I think obviously right tackle would be one. I think tight end could be one, you know, depending on how, again, how the class shakes out. But, you know, if you're picking in the late 20s and next year's tight end class is better than this year's class, maybe you take like a, uh, a maybe you finally take a chance on like a real Hunter Henry replacement, or like mm-hmm. a long-term one. Um Maybe receiver, depending on how you feel like about Keenan Allen's age at that point, yeah, or Josh Palmer's development. So, I mean, right tackle is the obvious one. Like that's going to be a need next year, and they're not going to have the money to sign a, a real legitimate right tackle. So, just kind of the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrett Holybee has signed up. Thank you. You guys are very nice. Also, everybody's just showing up. I really appreciate it, guys. 
Super Chat from NV Talent, going back in time, but favorite part of the Chargers release schedule? And do you think our special teams will be at least in the middle of the pack? What do you guys think? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Well, <laughs> I was waiting to see if one of you guys wanted to chime in first. Um, I think in terms of the schedule release, like the specific video, um, I mean, it's hard to beat that Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. screenshot with, you know, the yeah. Urban Meyer mockery. And then, of course, you have the Phil Rivers 90-yard touchdown video in the back. Um, the Raiders trash can or dumpster was really funny as well. So those would be my two favorites there. And um, they they tweeted the thing out again yesterday, and I guess it did better than the Avatar 2 trailer, which is just like amazing to me, which because I mean, Avatar 2 is this huge movie budget wise, right? And the Chargers probably didn't spend that much money on, you know, their anime schedule release and it did better than Avatar 2. So I think that's just really cool. Okay. Uh, so I think the best part is obviously the Urban Meyer thing. Um, yeah. Because fuck Urban Meyer. But <laughs> who actually wanted an Avatar 2? Is there can can anyone <laughs> can anyone name a single character from Avatar? I cannot. Yeah. Who the floating who wanted this movie jellies. other than James Cameron? <laughs> What's the highest grossing movie of all time, though? Avatar. It's Avatar, but, but like we waited fourteen Those people. years. You should you should make a sequel like two three years later. Don't wait fourteen. I I don't even remember any of the characters. You know, like Jake Sully. Wait, I got it. I pulled that. <laughs> yeah, out that's the, the, that's the human version, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't tell you anything uh, about a cell, but Jake Sully is a character. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just like I don't I don't know like the whole thing about the first Avatar was oh it's this big visual experience, but like. The trailer didn't even look good. Like it just looked like a CGI. Ooh, like I don't know who wants that. It's not groundbreaking anymore. I don't know. Sorry, I'm shitting on Avatar, but I saw that trailer in the movie theater, and I don't even know why anyone would want it. Oh, did I, you walk like, Doctor Strange? Yeah, I. I oh, you I, never I, go to the yeah. movies. Good for you. I know. I, I know. I never go go to the movies. He so went I'm... to the movies, and he went to a movie where you have to know like 17 previous movies. No, <laughs> I I understood most of it. It was all right. Uh, I, I didn't mind it. I mean, you can't you can't give proper judgment on a show where you don't know. No, 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 no. Okay, the, the the whole Marvel thing when they put out like schlock movies is like, oh, well, you have to watch the whole twenty five. Mo- no, it's like either the movie is good or it isn't. Like I could show people like the original Spider Man movies, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, and you could show that to someone who knows nothing about comics and they enjoy it. Like so, the whole yeah, but those excuse, are standalone movies. I, I understand that, but showing someone like you know expecting forty five cameos and expecting people to understand who it is, and that means your movie's not good if you don't get it. Like I don't know. There, there's part of me that's just like you can make your standalone movies a little bit better, and Marvel's done that before, like with their movies, right? So I don't know. <laughs> How far are we from the movie being released? Is it two weeks ago? Yeah. yeah, over two weeks ago. Uh-huh. All right, I, I won't spoil it, but how much did your theater pop with a certain appearance? Uh, a whole lot, are we ta- man. A whole are we talking- lot. <laughs> Wait, the one that wasn't in the trailer. I assume we're talking about uh, the office. You can't one. spoil it. <laughs> I don't think that's spoiling it, but I'll just say the office. Uh, yes, but everyone knows what you're talking about it now. <laughs> No, no, Steve Carell is in the movie. He he cameos <laughs> actually. Um, no, he just but, pops uh, out says that's what she said and leaves. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a fun cameo, but like I don't know. I also just didn't like the writing of the movie that much because like it's hard to talk about it without spoilers. But there's a scene where they like have this like all powerful being that could like end everything, and then they just end up messing it up because one of the characters says a line towards that character that's like really weirdly worded and then she shuts his mouth like i don't know that part was weird and i don't know 
have no idea who you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Nelson Holmes, thank you for signing up. A lot of new people in the chat signing up as members. So I thank you. Thanks for joining us today and finding us today. Um, we're not that racist, I promise. <laughs> we're not racist. Um, <laughs> all right, getting back to Envy's uh, special teams question, though. I, I do think that the special <laughs> teams unit will make some improvements this year. I mean... For the fact, for the simple fact that they're going to head into the season without Tristan Viscaino and Larry Roundtree and KJ Hill returning and kicking, yeah. so um, the specialists will be better. I think you have Josh Harris there for an obvious reason, you know, as, as arguably the best long snapper in the sport. I can yeah. tell you, but uh, he's certainly the highest paid longest long snapper in the sport. Um, so I think it will be better. I think you take Nick Neiman again as kind of last year's best special teams player you know you mm -hmm. can allow him another year to develop in that role um and, and I, I think they'll be better this year they were they were middle of the pack over the last half of the season once they got the returner and kicker situation settled mm -hmm. it's just they were so bad in the first seven weeks that it was too hard for them to like really overcome that but i yeah. want to say they ended up being like 26 or 27th in dvoa overall yeah. which is great considering they were on like a truly historically bad pace after the first seven games. Yeah, so it kind of shows you the value of uh, Andre Roberts and Dustin Hopkins. So I think special teams will be at least average for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And even, even a big culprit early on for them struggling was Chris Rumpf, an awful kickoff return blocker or the wing on kickoff return. Second half of the season was so much better. Part of that, just that with Andre Roberts, they got so much better on kickoff returns. Now, just starting with a veteran unit with Josh Harris, friend of the show now, I can say that uh, they'll be a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in DeAndre Carter. I mean, as their return man, um, Dustin Hopkins, you, there's no real qualms there. I mean, I think he's going to do what he did last year. Um, the, the real issue for me is punting because they uh, had pretty bad punt blocking last year. Ty Long, over the last couple of years, has you know declined and now they're replacing him with jk scott um i'll curious to see how that one pans out because i mean we've seen the chargers get blocked before uh you know on some pretty uh, important moments in games so that's the one that if i'm talking about special teams kind of keeps me up at night sure. um but overall they should you know finish as a pretty average special teams team hopefully hopefully higher yeah i was a little surprised that they didn't sign like a legitimate competition for jk scott like uh, you know as i said on uh on the discord like we kind of expect ben griffiths to be signed and, and be that competition but i don't really know if that's like legit competition that kind of just feels like what they did with uh what was his name the guy from the jets uh edwards lachlan edwards i think lachlan it was. Edwards. Yeah. so we'll see i mean jk scott statistically is better than ty long but it's not by much <laughs> so, <laughs> one spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they just, this is part of the fourth down philosophy, right? I mean, they're going to be going for fourth downs, you know, more often than, than the average NFL team. So maybe mm -hmm. in that situation, like you don't need like a terrific punter, but I do think there will be times where they just, you know, need like a at league average punter. I don't know if JK Scott is that we'll kind of find out. Yeah. I don't think this will happen, but revisit. So people ask that question, or a couple people in the chat talking about fourth downs, going for it on fourth down. Do you think that the Chargers will go for it less on fourth down? Because I think it's the identity of their team. No. <laughs> the answer is going to be no. Yeah. The answer but is no. I'm just, what I'm trying to say is Staley and Herbert said that Staley came to him on that podcast and said, listen, you have to go get it. You have to go learn. To not be a gosh, you know, G all golly shucks guy. I don't think it'll again, I think they'll maintain that as their identity, but I think that was part of it. And I'm curious if they dial it back a little bit this year because now Herbert has concentrated on that mentality. He's a bit more alpha this year because of what happened last year. But again, I, I think, think they'll stay the same. I think if anything, they'll be more aggressive, to be honest with you, because <laughs> yeah. now they actually have a good defense that can like get stops and make plays. So I mean, Brandon Staley is not going to change his identity and the identity yeah. of his team because they have a better defense. Like if anything, I feel like they'd be more aggressive. So I think his whole thing, right. Is giving Justin Herbert more opportunities to yeah. affect the game. And presumably Justin Herbert improves again. 
you know, Zion Johnson comes in and improves the offensive line. Isaiah Spiller comes in and improves the running game. If the offense is better, why would you not be more aggressive is, is I guess, what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, no, I, I think that they'll still be aggressive. I certainly don't think the, the media and their criticism of what happened with the, the Raiders in Week 18 is going to phase Brandon Staley or any of those no. people at all. Um, wh- what was their fourth down attempt rate last year? Do we know that? Uh, not a number I have off the top of my head. Um, uh, I know they weren't like the most aggressive teams. Yeah. I want to say I was actually like the Lions, but again, they were trailing a lot, so maybe that's kind of right. different. Um, uh, the only reason I bring up that number and, and what it might be is just if they're going, it could be slightly less that they end up going for it just because, you know, maybe they don't find themselves in as many fourth down situations as sure. they do last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, the offense is just drastically better on the first three downs, right? If you get a better run game, for example, then that would kind of lead to, uh, to go, uh, going for it for less either. That's a good um, but yeah, I, I don't know at this point. Yeah, I'm really curious, I guess, how they'll attack fourth downs on in their own territory because I feel like it yeah. started out as Brandon Staley, you know, going for fourth downs when it, he, you know, really should have gone for it um, all the time. But then I think there's always going to be the debates on, like, you know, fourth down inside your own 23, you know, right? Like, are you yeah. going to do it in that situation? And if the answer is still yes at this point, then I think you you – sort of have your answer with the philosophy but i'm i'm curious to see how that gets tested particularly earlier in the season or just depending on the nature of some games yeah the chargers tied with the panthers for the third most fourth down attempts mm-hmm. behind the chicago bears and detroit lions uh, i don't know how much i want to be around the lions bears panthers washington football team jaguars and giants but that's where the Chargers are right in the middle of those guys yeah i mean obviously they're all so you know, I was laughing the other day, though, because somebody sent a clip from Good Morning Football and um, one of the rotating guest hosts was like, well, Brandon Stater, too, hopefully he learns from those fourth down mistakes. It's like, like, A, they're not mistakes, and B, like, he's not going to change his philosophy. Like, I don't know why anybody would have the impression that he's going to change who he is because he's you know, more comfortable as a head coach. Like, that's that's not happening. Right. No, it's ridiculous. Right, did we lose? Steven frozen for you? Oh. No, he's okay, I think. Mm, I can't. I'm mm. moving around. I'm moving around. <laughs> I'll have technical <laughs> difficulties today, I guess. Um, yeah. All right. I had an interesting question earlier, too, I wanted to get to. Uh, what kind of leap do you guys expect from Josh Palmer? Um... First of all, Wyatt, thanks for becoming a new member. What kind of lead do I expect from him? Let's check his stats from last year first. Mm-hmm. If anybody else wants to jump did in. He have like, did he have like 200 yards? Something like that? I don't remember off the top of my head. 353, actually. Mm, okay, that was higher than I that thought. actually more than I thought, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think he got... I think he oh, got that a giant that start. Down, yeah, down hot stretch. towards the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean... I don't know. Some of them are sort of manufactured. 24-yard, the one jump ball target against New England. And then the big 23-yard versus the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which, like, fine. But I, it depends because Houston was Keenan Allen out and Mike Williams? Or just Mike Williams? Mike Williams, I think. Okay, so he got a start there. Giants, he got a start there. I mean, again, it's it's kind of dependent. Right. For I mean, the most it, part, it's 24, 22, 22, 17, 25 yards. So. But there were really parts of the season he wasn't super involved, right? No. 500 yards? Yeah. 450? Yeah. Depends on how I, many starts. I, I think it could be anywhere from 400 to 500 yards. You could even, if Keaton Allen's hurt for a period of time, if Mike Williams is hurt, you could push that to like 600, like in theory. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's there's no real like straight trajectory here from like, oh, he's going to be go from wide receiver four to wide receiver three. And you know these will be his numbers. I think he's a really tough player to project. Um, similar a little bit to what we talked about with the running backs. Right. You know, and we were projecting Isaiah Spiller's stats this weekend or on this week's past show. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see Isaiah Spiller having a huge season if Austin Eckler misses some games, a pretty good season if, you know, uh, he just fills the RB2 role. And then there's also kind of a range of outcomes where maybe 
Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree are still getting snaps, right, and still getting some touches. So I think Josh Palmer is kind of a very similar sort of case study where just it, a lot of it depends on just the factors around him at the time. Yeah, it depends I mean, where they lean. There's so many mouths to feed on this offense. Yeah. Like, I think you could see Gerald Everett, you know, kind of outproducing Jared Cook. But also, like, again, there, you know, there's more people to feed. Isaiah Spiller is certainly going to have more targets than any of the other running backs the Chargers had last year. So I think Josh Palmer will be better. He'll be more involved, and he's going to play more often and earlier in the season. So I expect him to be more of a presence. I don't know if that's going to result in him having like 700 yards and five touchdowns. Or yeah, like no. that. But I think right. he'll be more involved from, from the jump, which is going to make them harder to guard on offense. All right, let's say Jalen Guyton, and Josh Palmer, who has more yards? I think Guyton, I would, just, because yeah. of, uh, just because of how those yards will happen. Yeah, I mean, I would say Guyton. It, it could be closer if Guyton isn't getting those like go ball opportunities as much, or maybe the offensive line gets banged up. I think that's the situation where it would be closer. But um, I, I think Jalen Guyton would, just because of the nature of his play, have more. But also, I don't think him having more means like he took more of a leap than Palmer, or like he was better than Palmer right. because, because their games are so different. And at the end of the day, talking about like improvement for either of them, ultimately they've invested, you know. 40 million per year annually in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Right. right. So yeah. on some level, there's, there's a really low ceiling, I would say on like what a breakout season is for either of them statistically mm-hmm. and just kind of in game, I guess as well. Yeah. Whoever it is, it's going to be their fifth most productive receiving option. The two starters, Eckler Everett, and then one of them, I can't believe they, they split it so evenly with targets. 46 for Guyton, 45 for Palmer. So close. That is funny. And, you know, uh, people are pointing out, too, DeAndre Carter. Likely yeah. more involved than Andre Roberts. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> I'd be pretty Carter surprised. Be if certainly was... more involved. Yeah. Um, Donald Parham could certainly take a jump forward. I mean, Trey McKitty had, like, three catches last year. So, you know, there's it, – it's going to be interesting because, like, I – don't know if Justin Herbert's going to be able to throw for as many yards as he has did last year, just because presumably they're leading more games. You have a better mm-hmm. rushing attack. So there's less yards to go around. I'm just kind of wondering where, like who's going to get the kind of decrease in production next year. Hmm. Possibly. It's, it's hard to say, but Mike Williams. I don't know. Well, what did Mike Williams have last year? 1,100 yards? 1,146. 11, yeah, him and Keenan both were around 1,100. I'm just looking at after that really hot start, they just pivoted away from him also because of injuries. Mm. But then he, he, then he finished with that Raiders game, though, so it's so hard to tell. But then you see 27, 19, 58, 33, 97, 39, 110, 61, 49, 63. You know, wasn't that 82, 91, 122, 165 kind of start? I mean, I would obviously love, you know, Justin Herbert to throw for more yards, but I just think like game script is going to be more positive this year. And yeah. you're not going to have as many long fields. Hopefully you get more turnovers, more short fields. Um, again, Isaiah Spiller being an actual legitimate RB2, hopefully. Uh, we'll all kind of, I'm not going to like predict like 4,500 yards for Justin Herbert, but you know, I don't, I don't think it's like 100% guaranteed that he crosses 5,000 again. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Tyler could look this up, but what was Keenan's like first half production versus second half of the season production? Um, cause I think if you're like, if you're looking for one player who I think could like decline in production, it's probably him, not in a way where I think he'll be like significantly under a thousand yards um yeah i mean his range is really like 900 to 1100 but he could be closer to the lower end of that i guess if you are getting josh palmer you know and some of these other guys more involved you mm-hmm. know maybe he has to miss a game or two uh with you know hamstring or something getting older that's kind of the one i would look at um mm-hmm. but mike williams obviously you know th- there's a bit of a injury nature to, to his game as well and just 
uh, you know, some of the some of the reckless nature of his game. So, yeah, Keenan uh, Allen was. I mean, if you're looking at yards, started hot with you know 208 yards in two games, and then it's like that 50, 36, 75. Yeah, and then a lot of you know 50-ish, 40-yard games. But then, like you look at the Cincinnati game, he had 34, 34 yards, but two touchdowns, and I believe right another fourth down conversion or whatever. Or that was that was yeah. a touchdown. So he had more touchdowns to end the year. He had one, two. Well, I mean, for Keenan Allen, he had four uh, in the last five yeah. games, only two before that. So but, weird, man. The whole, like, uh, he's yeah. always getting six touchdowns. It's the weirdest thing. I think that just plays game. into it being a little bit more situational, right? Like, I think Keenan could start the year hot and then taper off, or you could see, say the same thing for Mike Williams, or maybe it's the opposite this year. Um, you know, both of them are still going to wind up somewhere around 1,000 or so yards, but it, I think if you're looking for a guy to be on the lower end of that, I'd probably guess it's maybe a slight decrease in Keenan Allen production between the two. Yeah. I think that's where I would lean as well. I think, you know, we've seen Justin Herbert and, and Mike Williams kind of be, you know, on the up and up with their relationship. I think there was a right. lot of opportunities for them, even in those games where he wasn't necessarily producing a lot. Like there were definitely opportunities where he was open. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, people kind of hold the first Raiders game against him when he only had like the two catches for 18 yards or whatever. But he was absolutely dusting Trayvon Mullen in that game, and, and they were just going towards the tight end. So yeah, yeah, there was uh, that it, one miss where it, was, it could have been like what an eighty-yard touchdown or yeah. something. I yeah, mean, it was, it was wide like just, open. Yeah, Herbert just missed him. Yeah, I, I think it's also a similar version of the Guyton Palmer discussion, where like if we're talking about between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, right? Like Mike Williams is going to get those jump ball opportunities. He's more likely to get that big 40, 50 yard grab than than Keenan is. So I mean, just yeah. statistically, I think that matters too. Yeah, I mean, once we get more information, last year we did a, a like a full stat prediction for everybody, like relevant, and we'll, we'll probably do that again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, around training camp ish. So we'll be able to have more information at that point and and hopefully, you know, give some more accurate stats there. Um, all right, we got a couple more minutes here. So uh, we will take a few more questions. Skylar Hobson joined as a member today as well. So shout out to Skylar. So if you haven't asked a question, now is the time because uh, uh, we just got a couple more minutes here before we got to head out. So um make it a good couple questions i kind of like this one because it does break them like there's so many firsts to this team he hasn't done this yet i don't think what are the odds telesco pulls off an in-season trade and uh he did do an in-season trade it was uh i mean a real one (laughs) (laughs) like for a really good player as opposed to like Mm, uh, something more useful i'll say i mean if, if we're talking about like something in the vein of like von miller um you know to to the rams this year like that i guess is kind of like what people are looking for like a big defensive offensive acquisition um i think it would have to be for somebody who's like on an expiring contract at this point um like in the vein of von miller or something like that from the rams last year uh i just don't know if they view them It, it also depends on how they start the year right if they start the year kind of like struggling and they're three and four or something that probably makes it a little less likely versus if they start five and two, six and one, and they're, you know, really just hoarding all their assets together and, you know, say here's a second and third round pick for whoever, whichever player, then like, I think that's possible. Um, You know, we'll find out who the names are when they're on the block though, from those teams that are selling, I guess is, is really the interesting thing, but um, I'll put it at like 30%. I, I don't believe it's very high now, but if the chargers, do get hot they start six and one or five and two or something like that uh and then you know right before the trade deadline they want to go kind of all in on this season then you know i I think it's possible they package some picks together much like they did for uh khalil mack like we just saw um probably have would have to be for a player who's on like an expiring deal though yeah definitely uh are we going to do the andre dillard for the 15th year in a row (laughs) that's like the favorite for the last four years i mean Yeah. yeah i think I guess that's possible, but really probably only in a world where like Pipkins Norton goes down or something like that, or they kick Filer out to right tackle and it doesn't work, you know, whatever combination it is, like, I think they would have to be like pretty desperate to do that, Um, especially for like a dealer who's on last year's deal. I don't know. I I don't think they would do it, but um, yeah, I'd still be around like 25, 30%. 
Uh, I, I'd be very shocked if they like because the Rams gave up like two future third picks, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And this is not that, but I think they can a swing for like a, you know, if somebody gets injured in the room or the room, you go get just like a solid veteran for like six round pick, I think is, is possible this year. Yeah. Uh, Sean asked another super and Bennett, Harry, her asking like, what would Justin we, Herbert's favorite app or if we made a Herbert ice cream, what would we add to it? Oh, like if we made a, a, a Herbert themed ice cream, what would we put in it? Vanilla based for sure. <laughs> um, that's kind of him too. Like, <laughs> I, I feel um, like we just said that. No, if we have to rate something like he'd be just like cookies and cream guy or something. Yeah, I don't know. Just some, he's like a mint. He's like a mint chip guy. He totally is a mint chip guy. You're right. Which is fine. I'm just saying, you know, it was so. disgusting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I brisket, yeah, brisket flavored ice cream, <laughs> um, with a scoop of peanut butter. Uh, we always end on food conversations. I think that's what Sean was here for. Um, Alex, any thoughts on Justin Herbert favorite ice cream? Uh, other than the fact it would be vanilla based, I have no other thoughts. <laughs> Got another one. Yeah. Got to finish with more food. Oh. Chris Burrito. De- depends on the sandwich. What sandwich are we talking about here? Um, I don't know. I I, I, don't know. I would lean towards burrito, but it depends on the sandwich. Like we're just talking like ham and cheese here. I don't know. Pro- probably the burrito. Uh, yeah. If we're just talking like in between two slices of bread or a croissant sandwich versus a breakfast burrito, breakfast burrito. If we somehow count like a lobster eggs Benedict as a sandwich, then that. But oh. no, breakfast burrito for me. Fancy guy over here. Lobster for breakfast. South Orange County, baby. <laughs> all right that's gonna do it thank you everyone for uh joining our membership opportunities on youtube uh there's a discord in there as well so if you join up as a member you can uh, get in on that fun uh we'll be going live on monday for our next episode stay stay tuned for that one. and uh, all the youtube members and patreon supporters keep it out for my pass rush video will be dropping uh tomorrow so That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.